listener production. <clears throat> take it away, my dulcet toned Adonis. Oh, I'm never going to take that for granted ever again. Hello <laughs> and welcome to Just the Gist, a weekly ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to share at a dinner party. And Rosie is back and we are still delighted to have her back, of course. It's only been a couple of days since we last recorded and I've still been buzzing that entire time. Oh my gosh. And that breaking news episode was so funny. I listened to the um, edit Mm. that night. Lindsay sent it to me. Oh my gosh, I was laughing so much. (laughs) It just made me realise how much I had missed doing it with you. It is really fun doing it with you. It was wonderful doing it with all the guests, of course, but it's it's so fun when it's just family yeah. like this. JTG classy. Indeed. Classy. Mm. I know. Um, speaking of breaking news, like, I guess we can get into it, but I cleaned my slate out on the last <laughs> thing. I literally gave you my whole list. She's so emptied I don't, her sack. <laughs> I'm, I've emptied my sack. Um, so let's get into it, but I'm not sure. We'll just wing it. Let's just wing it. Oh, it's like I'm telling you I haven't done my homework before I'm about to present it to you. <laughs> okay, here we go. Breaking news, breaking news. I got the scoop. I see X-ray, X-ray. Read all about it. Breaking news. It's coming down the wire. Throat's still a bit croaky, right, doll? Oh, I know, from my having the camera stuck down my mm. thingy. I mean, I'm just glad I didn't have to get the one that goes up your bum. <laughs> because you can, like, you know, sometimes they go up the... Because mine was to see my stomach. Mm. And I think sometimes if they need to see your bowels, they go up through your bum. But mine just had to go as far as my stomach, so they went through my throat. Mm-hmm. Have you never experienced the, the colonoscopy where they go in the back door? No, never. Have oh, you? Oh, yeah. And the worst part is the prep because you have to spend an entire like 24 hours like right shitting. next door to a toilet. Yes. Like you oh, cannot do they make? Do, do they anything. give you laxatives? Yeah. And like the most <gasps> intense, powerful ones. So it's literally oh. just crystal clear fluid that's coming through you. Um, oh, and- bro. But after my weight loss surgeries, that's like every poo that I do <laughs> is like that. But anyway. <laughs> Thanks for that. I've ruined my body. <laughs> um, I was so scared though that I was going to wake up during that colonoscopy and when the, what is it, anesthesia wore off. I was in oh, the recovery yes. room, but I didn't realise and I just started screaming, I'm awake, I'm awake, Panicking. I'm awake, stop, because it felt like oh, no time did had passed, not. obviously. And the nurses were like, yeah, it's yeah, okay, it's, it's okay, don't worry. Um, When did you do this? Oh, like a decade and a half ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I can't even remember why. So I'm really not well versed in the ways of the gay man, mm. but <laughs> don't anticipate what link I'm about to make here. But is it not true that the fellas like to do just as much prep before, you know, mm. they go in the back door? Yeah. Or if someone's going in your back door, you like things to be pretty... It's a less you like, invasive you like procedure. The tunnel, you like the tunnel to be clear. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Little, little, yeah. little cleaning. Um, but not as much. Oh, yeah. You don't have to go through like swallowing that and every all those time. pills and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, I suppose you could right. if you really wanted to. Um, but but no, not necessary. No. It's, I mean, girls douche as well, right? Um, no. No, not really. Or up your bum. Well, either or. Choose your poison. Um, I don't think you really. I, I don't. Oh, how did we go? I was just about to say. <laughs> Who knew we'd end up here? 
I don't think you're meant to douche your vajayjay because it like because it's just naturally clean. And if you oh. any products that are selling you a douche for your vajayjay are just kind of Gwyneth Paltrow goop esque ripping you off products. Uh. You're meant to just let it naturally be its natural vajayjay self. Mm. Yeah, I remember. Unless it. you get like a yeast infection, but then you just put the cream up. Right. Okay. We'll save yeah. that for another time. <laughs> I will just mention there was yeah massive uproar from physicians when a skincare brand launched a noni oil, I think they called it. Um, so that? it was like a serum, an anti-aging serum for down there. And so many gynecologists Shut were coming forward up. saying, do not put something with those sorts of ingredients anywhere near that area. Because oh, it was no. loaded with like essential oils and stuff. So, yeah, it was... A gimmick, and so I think I sent you a bunch of screenshots at the time. You probably did, um, yeah. Yeah, all these comments from anti-aging. Yeah, right. I mean, it looks old and wrinkly from when you're born. <laughs> yeah. So what's the difference? It all that whole area looks old and wrinkly. Do you want to know the funniest thing? Once when I was babysitting um, Muhammad, I think you know this story. He was like three. And um, old enough to be like walking around and talking a bit and stuff. Mm-hmm. He found deep heat, and I don't know why, but he put it on his penis. And then he's running around the house screaming because it's burning him. But because he was three and he wasn't a baby anymore, I like didn't know the rules about like touching his penis. So oh. I was like, because he was going to the toilet by himself at this stage. And so I like, he's like, get it off, get it off. And so I like ran a cold bath and I like put him in the bathtub and he's like, get it off. And I was like trying to splash it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. You need to get it off. You need to rub it off. And he's like, help, help, screaming, crying. And I was like, oh, just closing my eyes like, um, there, there. There, there, just um, rub it with the cold water. (laughs) And eventually, eventually the the pain subsided Mm -hmm. and um, it stopped hurting. But I'll never understand why. I said, why, why? Why did you do Mm. that, Muhammad? And he was just like, I don't know. Why does Muhammad do anything he does? Wanted to see. (laughs) So um, (laughs) that's one of the... That's one of the more hilarious Muhammad anecdotes. I hope he doesn't mind that I told you that. I don't think he will because we tell it all the time. <sighs> one time. And he was little. My uncle was sitting on the toilet and mm. he like just sort of semi got up to lean over and open the window or something. It was within reach that he could do yeah. something with the window. Leaning forward meant that his penis then touched the inside <gasps> of the toilet bowl and he didn't realise that there was some really strong alkaline cleaning fluid that his <gasps> oh, wife had no. left in the bowl to sort of let things percolate and soak. And that seriously started to burn and he was screaming, <gasps> screaming, screaming in agony. And then it was either alkaline or it was acidic, I'm not sure, but the cure they had to do was to just put it in a glass of cold milk and keep it there <gasps> to sort oh, of... Oh, like when you have chili in your mouth. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Just dip it in some yogurt. Dip, dip it in cold milk like a bloody Scotch finger. How's that for a cocktail? So, is this what happens when I don't come prepared with breaking news? This is the level of base this is where conversation. We descend to apologise, everybody. We descend to. I actually do have something because so many people have Tell sent me. it through. Um, we told the story in one of our live shows a few months back about Wally the Walrus and his Kentucky oh, tour. Yeah. Yeah. around Europe, 
Has he been spotted? He hasn't been, but potentially his sister, a walrus named Freya, has been popping up and oh. causing chaos in ports all around Europe, particularly in Norway at the moment. Um, so she's also been sinking boats and pooping all over <laughs> boats. And um, she's a lot messier than Wally, I will say. There are some really graphic photos of when she caught a really big seagull on one of the boats and oh, ripped wow. it to shreds. So to there town. are feathers and blood all over the place. Um, anyway, we might find some choice photos of little Miss Freya, Freya. who is adorable. Um, what a warrior goddess. Yeah, she's, um, God love she's her. stirring stuff up. Over oh, I just remembered something too because a lot of people have been sending it to me today. They have announced um, Titanic, the musical, mm. and it's starring Anthony Warlow. Get out. I know, wow. I can't wait. <laughs> How tacky and naff is that going to be? It's so a stage production, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Yeah, here in yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if it's got Anthony Warlow, I guess, because isn't so. he an Australian yeah. and musical star? Is it the Jack and Rose storyline? Have they given that much information? I doubt it. I doubt they'd have the rights to that. Yeah. I'd say it'd just be like a separate steerage man surviving something, something, uh-huh. whatever. Okay. We are definitely going to that. Oh, we're going to that. Mm-hmm. That We're going to that. I can't wait. Like 20 people have sent it to me in the last half an hour. I'm pumped. Maybe we could coordinate to get all the gistners who want to go to go on the same night. Yes, let's all try and buy tickets to the same one. Okay, we'll make an announcement. Oh my God. We'll keep you posted. Imagine that, yes. a theatre full of gistners. <laughs> Oh, my God. That would be the best performance ever. We could, oh, let's try and get sponsorship. Is that how that works? Do we just ask for we'll it? look into it. I mean, I ideally we'll find. I declare sponsorship. <laughs> and do we have it now? <laughs> We're going to have to find a way to um, wrangle our way on stage. You know, it's just going to torture us if we've got a room oh. full of fans and we don't actually get up and address them. I love how we've just taken over a brand new musical. (laughs) It's literally just been announced and we're making an an event in which we get the spotlight. (laughs) Can you tell we're desperate to get back on the road and do live shows? Oh, the countdown's on less than a month till we're finally back. Well, I mean, I don't really have any other breaking news except my conjunctivitis has cleared up. So now I think it was... Definitely because my mum farted on a pillow and I slept at her house and that's how I got it. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of all I've got. Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. All right. So let's get into the story. And it's me today and I wanted to continue my little tradition of when I get out of spas mm. because it's a tradition now. <laughs> um, last time I got out of the spa, I did a story that was based around a woman and mental health. I did Nellie Bly, the first female investigative journalist mm-hmm. who went undercover at an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. And this time I want to do a story about a woman whose mental health was questioned when she tried to reveal the truth about a government conspiracy. Ooh. So this week I'm giving you just the gist of Martha Mitchell the woman who told the world about the Watergate scandal before anyone else, but nobody believed her. Oh. And they said she was nuts. Oh. Is and it's this... just been a TV show yes. with Julia Roberts called Gaslit. Yes, which has been on my list, but I haven't been able to yes. make time for it yet. You simply must watch it. It is so good. It tells the story so well, and that's the story I'm going to tell today. <gasps> 
So yeah, it's a really good one. It's not like super long, but um, it's the story of Martha Mitchell, the woman who was brave enough to speak up and everybody told her that she was a crazy person. I can't wait. Do I need to know anything at all about the Watergate scandal? Because I don't. Got you covered, love, Great. doing a mini just the gist of Watergate right up the top. Let's go. I understand our listeners. <laughs> I know that gistners don't know anything about anything. That's why our show is called Just the Gist, baby. Okay, so here I have right here. Before I start, I want to give you a bit of a mini Just the Gist on the Watergate scandal because we never like to assume any knowledge here at our podcast. That's the whole point of what we do. We never assume knowledge. And all the podcasts that talk about Martha Mitchell just launch right into it like you know what Watergate is. Mm. And so I'm going to give you a mini Just the Gist of what it right. is here. So Watergate mini Just the Gist. The Watergate building is a building, it still stands, mm. in um, Washington, D.C. that's filled with, like, there's a hotel in there, there's offices in there, there's apartments in there. It's this massive, like, six-complex building. Mm. And in the 1970s, it's where the Democratic Party in the U.S. had some of their main offices. And in 1972, President Nixon arranged to have those Democratic Party offices bugged oh. so that he and his team could spy on the Democrats in the lead-up to the election. Oh. And by the way, that was really dumb because he was a shoo-in to win the election anyway, but apparently history says that he was an extremely paranoid man. So even though he was going to win, he still wanted to bug these officers. Oh. So they sent in some really dodgy dudes in the middle of the night to the Watergate building to bug the Democratic office. But these dodgy dudes were caught by the local security guard <laughs> <laughs> and arrested mm -hmm. because they just assumed it was people trying to rob an office right. building, this security guard. So this is where everything got a bit messy. President Nixon totally denied that his office had anything to do with it. He was like, I don't know, it's just a bunch of guys robbing, the, robbing an office building, nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. And all his major staff denied having anything to do with it. And the guys who were doing the bugging also just all acted like they were random guys robbing a building. They didn't admit anything. Then a secret source called Deep Throat mm -hmm. went to some journalists and told them the truth that the whole thing had actually been organized by President Nixon. So the story got blown wide open. And because President Nixon had lied, he was forced to resign. Uh -huh. And it was such a cluster F from start to finish. That's why now whenever something is a massive cluster F, we refer to it as a gate mm -hmm. because it takes after the mess that was the Watergate scandal. Mm -hmm. So that is just the gist of the Watergate scandal. There you go. I didn't realise it was so basic. It is really basic. It was just like a, a break and enter done really dodgily, and then they lied about it. That's literally what it is. Wow. I'd always assumed it must have been some massive saga. Huh. Well, I've learned something already. Yeah. Muchas. There you go. So who is Martha Mitchell and how does she fit into all of mm. this? Well, Martha Mitchell was the wife of John Mitchell, and John Mitchell was President Nixon's attorney general and basically like his right-hand man. So mm -hmm. John Mitchell and President Nixon had been best friends for years. They had worked together. They were basically like Biffles, like best friends for life. Mm -hmm. And people called John Mitchell the co-president. Like he was considered the second most powerful man in the country wow. behind President Nixon. And Martha, his wife, was a character. 
1972, she was in her early 50s and she was from the South. So she talked like this and she was not like other Washington, D.C. wives. She was loud. She was brash. She was vivacious. She was charismatic. And she loved, honey, talking to the press. That was her favorite thing to do. And it was said that she would have a bit too much to drink at night and then get on the phone to like reporters and journalists to gossip about all the secret stuff she'd heard her husband talking about, like government business. Uh And so she kept giving out all these scoops. And after a while, she loved having the gossip so much that she actively started kind of spying on her husband, John Mitchell, like (laughs) picking up the other phone line when he was on the phone to the president Mm. to like try and get some juicy goss that she could call journalists about. But People loved her for it. Like, she was a national celebrity. Even John was just kind of like, oh, that's my Martha. Like, mm. and she would go on um, TV shows, like talk shows, like Saturday Night Live and The Late Show, and she'd just be southern and hilarious and say things that made people laugh. And although she was a right-wing conservative woman because, you know, she was married to a man who was almost leader of the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. She held a lot of beliefs that we don't share and she did campaign for the conservative side. But when it came to her popularity, it was largely bipartisan, which means like both sides of politics, both sides of everyone just loved her. Uh I mean, she would say what she thought about her party, even if it wasn't towing the party line. Like, for example, she was one of the first people to speak up about the Vietnam War and say that she didn't agree with it Uh when President Nixon was like the one who sent people into that war. Um, At one point, a poll showed that 76% of Americans knew her by name and she was on the cover of Time magazine. Wow. Yeah, so she was basically just this huge celebrity who would go on talk shows and get a bit tipsy and say hilarious things and people loved her. Just loved her, loved her. I'm she already was, in she love was with massive. her. Yeah, she's so cool. It sounds like she was better she's at being got, the first lady than the first lady was. She really was. Well, she kind of was the opposite of what a first lady is meant to be. Like all the women in Washington at that point were very demure, were just meant to be hostesses, were meant to be very quiet, were meant to just you know, be subdued and go into the other room and have coffee Mm. while the men talked about important things. But Martha was like, I'm going into the room with the man. And she'd just go in there and give her opinion and be really awesome. And she, yes, was our kind of preferred first lady, but not the kind of first lady that the party really wanted. Mm. Yeah. And she also happened to be the first person to try and tell the world about the Watergate scandal, but nobody believed Mm -hmm. her. So this is how it happened. John Mitchell had been instrumental in organising that Watergate break-in. So he and President Nixon had basically organised it together. And when news that the idiot guys had been caught that night came through to John, he was at a Republican fundraiser with Martha in Los Angeles. And here's where he freaked out because he knew they had a plan to deny everything. Mm. If, If anything happened, if they got caught, the guys would deny it, he would deny it, the president would deny it. But one of the guys in the team that went in to break into the building was one of Martha's favorite personal security guards that the Mitchell family had used all the time. So John knew as soon as Martha saw this guy's mugshot in the paper, she would put two and two together and know that the Republican Party had played a role in organizing this Mm break-in. And he couldn't really just tell her 
not to say anything because she literally cannot help herself. Like she's that much of a gossip. Mm-hmm. So they started to panic as soon as she sees this guy's mugshot and knows that it was him, she's going to start talking to the press and blow our cover. Mm. So that night at the party in Los Angeles, he tells Martha he has to fly back to Washington for work, but that she can stay in LA for a few more days on her own. And then get this, he has an ex-FBI agent escort her to their hotel room and lock her inside. They deny her access to newspapers, television, (sighs) radio, everything. They don't let her out. They don't let her have access to a phone. And she starts, after like an hour of this, she starts screaming, let me out. I'm a political prisoner. I'm a political prisoner. I've been kidnapped. Like she, mm. she's not a shrinking violet, yeah. you know what I mean? So they get a doctor in to sedate <gasps> her against her will. <laughs> At one point, the ex-FBI agent physically assaults her when she tries to climb <gasps> out a window. He beats her up. No. They hold her down. They kick her until she stops screaming <gasps> and they stick a needle in her ass until she passes out. Like this, technically, she technically Get is out. a political prisoner. Yes. She's been kidnapped and they're beating <gasps> her into submission. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so stunned. it's also ridiculous that this is their plan. Like, were they so clueless about how big a story this would be that they thought if they kept her locked up for a few days... She'd the story would it. be out of the She'd press be- and and she wouldn't see anything yeah. in the paper. And, like, I just, I'm not entirely sure what their plan was except to just keep us, like, just, just keep her subdued for now. We don't know what else to do. That was kind of the thing. So after about a week, she manages to steal a newspaper off the doctor they're sending in to keep her sedated. And who does she see on the cover but her old security guard? Because it's still on the cover of all the papers. Uh. So she knows straight away. She reads all about Watergate. She sees the break-in. She knows he's involved with it. She puts two and two together Mm. and she immediately knows this isn't some random people who broke into the Democratic office. This was organized by the Republican Party Mm. because I know that guy. And she thinks this also means that her husband mustn't know that she's being kept against her will and it must all be the president. Like, she's like, this must all be the president. John would have no idea that I'm here. Mm. So then she manages to sneak to a phone that's still connected and she calls this journalist called Helen Thomas And she doesn't manage to really get anything out before Helen hears Martha scream in fear, you get away from me, you get away, you get away. (laughs) And then the line goes dead. (sighs) And Helen tries to call it back, disconnected. So Helen is really concerned and she calls Martha's husband, John Mitchell, and he just replies, oh, she's fine. She gets a little upset sometimes, but she's fine. So that kind of proves that he knew how awfully she was being treated Mm. in that hotel room that he'd ordered she be locked up in. Eventually, after more than a week, Martha is let out of the hotel room and she flies back to Washington, D.C., where, as expected, she goes to town talking to the press about what happened to her. She tells them everything. She says she knows one of the men involved in the Watergate break-in is a Republican staffer. She tells them that they kept her locked up to prevent her from saying what she knows. She tells them she doesn't think her husband had anything to do with it. She says that they beat her. She says they sedated her. She says if her husband doesn't resign from politics, she's going to leave him because she's now realised what a dirty game politics is. (laughs) And... Nobody believes her. They're just all like, that's crazy, Martha. And I mean, what she's saying does sound a bit 
crazy. Like it sounds really far-fetched. Like the president of the United States organized the break-in of a tiny democratic office, which everyone has basically denied. So it's her word against everyone. Mm. And a mysterious ex-FBI agent kidnapped her and kept her locked up for a week while a doctor came in and injected her ass with sedatives. Like she sounds like a total nutcase. And it doesn't help that the Republican Party, including her husband, took advantage of this. They start a campaign in the press to smear her name and her reputation. Mm -hmm. So they start spreading all these stories about her being in an insane asylum. She wasn't. About her having a drinking problem. She drinks a lot, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't. About her having a complete mental breakdown and needing help. About her being so mentally unwell that John Mitchell needs to resign, (sighs) even though he needed to resign anyway Mm -hmm. because someone needed to resign over this whole thing. But they got him to resign and they said he was doing it because Martha was so unwell that he needed to take care Mm. of her. So they're planting all these stories with journalists and the pressure from it does really stress her out. So she kind of does start drinking a bit more Uh and calling journalists and talking to them. So then that makes her seem even less credible because all these journalists are reporting, oh, I got a drunken phone call from Martha at 3 a.m. last night. And she makes a bunch of TV appearances where she does seem a little off, Mm -hmm. which, you know, adds more fuel to the she's crazy fire. So with John having taken their only daughter with him, he leaves her. He goes, he says, I'm divorcing her. I'm done with this. She's crazy. She won't shut up. And so he goes and leaves her alone and the press won't talk to her anymore because they all think she's crazy. And this is an incredibly popular social woman who got all her joy from being popular Mm. and social and now she's basically sitting alone in a dark, empty house with no husband, no daughter, and no one will talk to her. She's also broke because he refuses to pay her alimony, so she's destitute and alone. What a pig. Oh, my. Yeah, what a total pig. What a total pig. So then, then the whole deep throat thing happens. Mm -hmm. So there's this source that calls themselves deep throat and they call these two journalists, um, I think at the Washington Post, and um, they basically break the whole Watergate story wide open. They confirm that the Republican Party, including President Nixon and John Mitchell, Mm -hmm. were behind it all that the main guy in the break-in had, in fact, once been Martha's private security guard. Basically, everything Martha was saying had been right. Right. And it was proven when this story got broken wide open. The private security guard who was in prison even came out in the press at this point and admitted that everything Martha was saying was right. Because he was like, well, I'm effed now, so why keep quiet? Yeah. Yeah. So President Nixon resigns in disgrace and I can't believe this, blames Martha for it (laughs) rather than take responsibility, rather than take responsibility for what he had done, he blamed the fact that he was caught for his resignation. So he said in an interview later, if it hadn't been for Martha Mitchell, there'd have been no Watergate. (gasps) And it's like, no, if you hadn't done Watergate, Mm. there had been no Watergate, you weirdo. Oh, wow. They truly blame Martha Mitchell for stoking the story and stoking the fire of the story, even though they made sure that nobody believed her when she told the story. So how could it be her fault? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, that's some mental gymnastics that yeah, you know, right. a lot of men in politics are quite capable of. Yes, not surprised at all. Um, her husband, John Mitchell, got 18 months in prison and, oh, you're going to hate this, which when asked how he felt about it, the asshole said, I'd rather be sentenced to 18 months in prison than 18 more months with Martha <gasps> Mitchell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Had he men always been resentful suck. of her? Why are men? <laughs> okay, it's said that um, President Nixon in particular and John Mitchell were, but most people in the Republican Party were very jealous of the attention she got, uh-huh. were jealous of the fact that she was so beloved and such a celebrity and that she played things in a different way and talked straight. I mean, she was on the cover of Time, mm. for Christ's sakes. Like, So, I mean, yeah, there was apparently some jealousy of her, um, the fact she was so beloved, but... Yeah, I mean, to be that bitter about something, I mean, you're the one who did the wrong thing. Like, she just spoke the truth about it. And she and John never saw each other again after that. That was, he refused to ever see her again. Well, I'm sure she wasn't super keen to see him. No, she did. She was really heartbroken that he left her. And she spent a lot of time really heartbroken begging him to see her. And he wouldn't. He just wouldn't, he wouldn't see her. And neither would her daughter. Her daughter refused to see (gasps) her as well. Yeah. But why ongoing? I guess they just felt like she had embarrassed the family by just talking the way she did and doing some drunk interviews. And, you know, they just felt like she'd embarrassed the family. And the way they solved the problem was by just making this clean break. Like, you know, what's that thing where you cut off the thing at its source or whatever? What's the saying? Mm, you know the saying I'm talking about. Nip it in the bud. Uh, nip it in the bud, cut yeah. off the problem at its source, mm. cauterize the wound, all those sayings. I think they just thought if we cut ourselves off from Martha, we've cut out the scandal and we've cut out the crazy and we've cut that, like, that's over there now right. and we're over here now. Like, I think they thought they were drawing a really clear line in the sand for their family to not be associated with someone so embarrassing. <gasps> He destroyed yeah. her life and then held her he accountable for it. Uh-huh. Oh, Why wow. are men? Why are men? And was he then allowed to continue working in US government or did he have to step away like Nixon did? Oh, Jacob, this is just the gist. I don't know what he did when he got out of prison. Apologies. <laughs> I don't know what he did. I didn't care to look at where that man ended up. But I will tell you where Martha ended up. Martha did a couple of interviews after she was vindicated, Mm. but she wasn't herself, and that's because she had developed multiple myeloma, a form of cancer. Her son from a previous marriage was the one to take care of her because she had no money. Um, She was living off donations from, like, friends and members, anonymous members of the public. Mm. And in 1976, just four years after the Watergate scandal happened, she died. (gasps) Yeah, she was alone, she was penniless, but she was vindicated. Oh. I know. That is And at her funeral, which John Mitchell did attend, an anonymous donor sent a massive arrangement of flowers that stood right behind her coffin that spelled out the words, Martha was right. (laughs) So he had to sit there and look at it. Mm. 
And a lot of people since then have talked about how she really was the true hero of the Watergate scandal, but we don't really know her story mm. because everybody thinks it's um, Deep Throat. Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein and Deep Throat, mm. the journalists who broke the story and the source who um, came to them. So not a lot of people have really known her story until this show Gaslit came out and there was also an episode of a podcast called Slow Burn about the Watergate scandal as a whole mm. and there was one episode of that um, series about Martha Mitchell. But um, there, are the people who know what she did take it really seriously. Like her birthplace and childhood home were added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1978 mm -hmm. and that's in a place called Pine Bluff. And a segment of US Route 79 in Pine Bluff is designated the Martha Mitchell Expressway. And a bust of her at the Pine Bluff Civic Centre bears a plaque reading, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Mm -hmm. And now, in psychological textbooks, there is something called the Martha Mitchell effect, which is when a psychiatrist or people surrounding a patient mistakenly or willfully identify a patient's true but extraordinary claims as delusions. So that is the Martha Mitchell effect. It's basically a form of being gaslit. Wow. It's where you are telling everybody something that sounds crazy, but it's actually true and nobody uh, believes you. That yeah. is so much more dramatic than I thought it was going to be. I know. I that is just the gist of Martha Mitchell, the woman who told the world the truth about the Watergate scandal before anybody else and wasn't believed to the point where she now has a psychological disorder named after her. Oh. The Martha Mitchell effect. That is so dark. I know. Wow. And, like, I think one of the darkest parts is just the way that those men were able to just put responsibility as far away from I themselves. <gasps> Blaming her for talking about it rather than the fact they did it in the first place. Ugh. <laughs> It's so infuriating. And then also the fact that what she did kind of got swept under the rug of history. Like nobody really knows what an important part she played. Everybody knows. I mean, All the President's Men is this really famous book and movie about the journalists who broke the Watergate story wide open. And they've since said, Martha Mitchell did it before us. Mm. She did it before anyone. She was doing it in the week after it happened. Mm. And nobody believed her because everybody made her out to be a crazy lady. And prior to that, I'm assuming that she was treated as a reliable, credible source because yeah, everything she told always. the journalists, they'd fact check and it wouldn't turn yeah. out to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bizarre to me that there wasn't anyone in her corner. No. Nah. Wow. Everybody just turned against her. And once the Republican Party started leaking stories about her, you know, being mentally unstable and needing all these different kinds of medications and needing to be hospitalized, all her credibility was gone, which, by the way, none of those things mean you lose credibility because I'm sitting here right now as the podcast host of like a hugely popular, nationally renowned podcast, and I've been all of those things. So even if those things were true, people still should have taken her seriously, mm. but they weren't true of her. Like, it got to the point where they actually kind of did the gaslighting did drive her a little bit crazy, but she wasn't crazy to begin mm. with. I'd love to know how much her daughter knows about this today. Well, her daughter grew up to be a lawyer and doesn't really comment much on any of this at all. Um, her son from her first marriage has talked a lot more about it than the daughter has. And um, 
he just thinks that, yeah, she was treated incredibly poorly and that he um, wishes more people knew about this amazing thing that she did that a lot of people don't understand, that mm. Martha was right and Martha told the truth and nobody believed her. Wow. And it broke her. Yeah, it broke her. It, in the end, it broke her. Mm. It really did. Oh, well, love that you started off with such a fun, light-hearted Yay. story for your first one. <laughs> Welcome back. back. <laughs> yeah, so that was just the gist of Martha Mitchell. And um, if you want to know more, check all the links in the show notes. There's a lot. But like I mentioned, that Slow Burn um, podcast episode, the TV show Gaslit, there's an amazing documentary called The Martha Mitchell Effect. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of stuff, but of as usual, we'll put it all in the show notes so you can go and look it up yourself. But she really is a character. In the documentary, The Martha Mitchell Effect, mm. it's just great to watch her do funny appearances on talk shows and stuff. Like she does this amazing skit with Lily Tomlin on this um, comedy show where the um, phone company calls her to give her an award mm. for like for them having their most profitable year uh-huh. because of how much she's on the phone to journalists <laughs> late at night. Like just funny stuff like that. She was just really funny yeah. and cool. She was a cool lady. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for that. That was fascinating. No problems, guys. Bye. Bye. Listener.